0: Well last week when we started our Advent uh, message series, I mentioned how Joseph doesn't show up in the Advent stories in the Gospel of John and Mark. John the Baptist is the Advent guy in those Gospels. But in the Gospel of Matthew, Joseph finally gets his chance to shine. And this is from the first chapter of Matthew's Gospel. which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. You will give him the name Jesus, Jesus meaning the Lord saves because he will save his people from their sins. He'll be called Emmanuel, God with us. What sweet promises. Our Savior is coming. God coming to be with us. Now this Advent, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas and the coming of Jesus, we are looking at some other sweet things. As you may know if you were here last week, we are looking at some of the traditional Christmas candies and how they tie into the coming of Jesus. And no candy is so connected to Christmas as the traditional red and white peppermint candy cane. In the movie uh, Elf, Will Ferrell's uh, Buddy the Elf character says, we elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. (laughs) Well, candy canes may not actually be one of the four main food groups, but they are one of the main Christmas candies. In fact, they are the number one non-chocolate Christmas candy. So how did this simple peppermint candy become king of Christmas? Well, there's a lot of legends and conjecture, but as best as anyone can determine they started as a way to keep kids quiet during church. Legend has it that in 1670, the choir director at the Cologne Cathedral in Germany handed out candy sticks to the choir boys to keep them quiet during the living nativity presentation. Now, he may or may not have been the one to bend them like a shepherd's crook to satisfy the grumpy church elders who complained that candy was not fitting for church. But we do know that those original candy canes were pure white and plain sugar-flavored. Now, these plain white candy canes first show up in America, as far as we can tell, in 1847, when a German immigrant in Wooster, Ohio, decorated a spruce tree with paper ornaments and these white candy canes. And it's in America where the canes began to take on their familiar peppermint flavor and their red and white stripes. The American twist on this uh, uh, candy cane is what we all know as the Christmas candy cane. And people began to attach religious meanings to these red and white stripes the way the candy cane was made. So white for the virgin birth and the purity of Christ. The red stripes reminding us of Christ's blood shed for us and of Isaiah fifty three five, which says by his stripes we are healed. Many candy canes will have three, uh, three thin stripes wrapped in there. Uh, and three stripes are for the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's bent like a shepherd's crook for the shepherds who were the first to hear the good news for all people and rush to see the baby in the manger. And then when you turn the candy cane over, I hope I got it the right way, you get a J, a J for Jesus. So people have seen many different Christian meanings in the candy cane. People have also seen the candy cane as a little bit of a a personality test. Which end of the candy cane do you eat first? Do you eat the straight end or the bent end? Do you start like all good, upstanding, rule-following Americans and eat the straight end first, holding on to the curved handle? Or do you start on the curved end like some wild, rebellious nonconformist, <laughs> holding on to the straight part and eating it like it were a lollipop, which it is not. Now, 72% of people eat it the right way, which is the straight end first. And 28% defy common sense and they eat the curved end first. Just saying. Now, candy canes may have been around for 300 years, but... But it wasn't until about 1960 that they finally became the Christmas candy when a Catholic priest, Father Greg Keller, patented the Keller machine. Father Keller had worked in a Bob's candy factory uh, while he was going to seminary, and he devised a machine to eliminate the hand labor that had gone into candy canes before that. His machine could automatically twist, cut, and bend the candy canes, and finally, candy canes could become mass-produced, and now each year, Amer- Americans will—they will sell 1.76 billion candy canes in America. 1.76 billion candy canes will be sold. Now that's sold, but how many are eaten? You know. By the time Christmas comes around, you can hardly give a candy cane away. People are bored with them. Perhaps that's why they've come out with so many other versions. Uh, I've got a candy cane here that has been in my office since Pastor Chris left. He left a bowl of candy which was consumed except for a couple of these candy canes and it's green and blue and red and yellow and I have no idea what flavor it is nobody has dared to try it and other than the bend in this candy cane it has lost all of its connection to jesus that we just talked about you know often we get so excited about that first candy cane of the season but then we quickly grow bored and we move on to other things and does the same thing happen to you with jesus and advent you start off excited about the coming of christ you look forward to celebrating his birth again you start playing the christmas music and put up decorations and and get an advent devotional maybe even go to an extra church service like craig's event coming up on friday but then like the candy cane you grow bored with it all you lose your focus on Christ and you start looking for something different. You start looking for another flavor of candy cane, so to speak, with no Jesus connection. You just want to go back to normal the normal music, the normal routines, the normal candies that you eat the other 11 months of the year. How quickly do our hearts and minds grow bored with considering the most amazing news of all, Emmanuel? god with us how far into advent before you are christmas out and just want to go back to the routine of the other 11 months of the year where jesus doesn't take up so much time and we can pretend that our own little lives are what matters most at advent time you can't avoid the news of jesus but it is easy to get distracted and bored even and lose focus on what it's all about, the coming of Jesus to save us, Emmanuel, God with us. So I want to challenge you to do something this Advent so you keep the focus on Jesus so Jesus doesn't become as unwanted as an old candy cane. And let me give you just a few suggestions. You could start each day with a song. Choose a Christmas carol for the day. And actually look at the words and what it says about Jesus. And then sing that carol. Maybe just once, but perhaps throughout the day. Sing that carol. If you're not a singer but more of a doer, well, how about doing a simple act of kindness each day? Give somebody a candy. Give someone a call. Give someone a big smile when you see them with that frantic look on their face as they're overwhelmed by all the Christmas preparations. You know, a smile may be all it takes to lift them from their thoughts of their troubles and to remember what it's all about, Jesus, Emmanuel. Keep the focus on him. And if you you really want to focus on Jesus and think about his marvelous good news, well, You could read about him in this book here. Do you know that there are 21 days until Christmas Eve? And there are 21 chapters in the Gospel of John. Coincidence? I think so. But either way, if you start reading a chapter a day of the Gospel of John, you will complete the whole thing. On Christmas Eve. And I guarantee you, if you read a chapter a day about the amazing things that Jesus said and did for you, that you won't get bored with Jesus this Advent. So you could count down by reading just one chapter of the Gospel of John each day in the rest of Advent. Now, you could choose another way to count down. Uh, and in fact, these days, they. They provide many different ways to count down with advent calendars. I don't know if you've noticed that they've kind of exploded. They used to be chocolate advent calendars, right, or candy. They just came, there's a little door, and behind the little door was a candy. I just saw somebody said that according to their advent calendar, there's five days till Christmas. <laughs> so uh, you have to think about that When I did. You could count down with candy. But there's all sorts of other advent candles Advent calendars i I saw one uh dinosaur, little plastic dinosaurs uh, if you're into that or the kids are into that uh, there's one that has semi precious rocks little uh little stones and if your taste run to uh, stones that are set in gold, you can actually get a diamond uh, jewelry advent calendar so uh A little out of my league, but uh, if you don't go that route, well, you could go to the beer Advent calendar. (laughs) And and you know, the funny thing about this one, the funny thing about this one is it only lasts 12 days. (laughs) And it's as if even the beer Advent calendar figures you'll get bored and quit halfway through Advent. Now, my favorite Advent calendar is the one that we've used in our house for many years. It's called The Story of Christmas Storybook Set and Advent Calendar. And there's a little pocket for each day, and in each pocket is a tiny book that doubles as an ornament to hang on the Christmas tree. And each book tells a little bit about the story of Jesus, our Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. This one happens to be about the journey to Bethlehem. What a simple way to keep the focus on Jesus as we go through Advent. Now, you can even use the, the candy canes that, that you may quickly grow bored with to focus on Jesus, to keep him at the center. You can go online and you can find all sorts of little tags, tags, uh, to go along with a candy cane. And if you search on Legend of the Candy Cane, you find one you can buy, you can print them off. uh, And they tell some of those meanings of the Christmas candy cane that we talked about just a little bit ago. And this one here uh, says this. The Legend of the Candy Cane. Look at a candy cane and what do you see? Stripes that are red like the blood shed for me. White for my Savior, who is sinless and pure. J is for Jesus, my Lord, that's for sure. Turn it around, and a staff you will see. Jesus, my shepherd, is coming for me. And the instructions uh, uh, that came with this card say, make copies of this tag, cut out, hole punch, and tie to candy canes. Pass out to everyone you meet. Now, everyone... I mean, if we did that, they'd have to make a lot more than the 1.76 billion candy canes uh, that they're already making. But if you only gave out one or two, well, that'd be okay too. If just one or two more people thought about the reason for the season through that candy cane, if just one or two more times this Advent, you put Jesus at the center, that would be marvelous too. Out there in the lobby, there are uh, small candy canes for you to take with you. And if you just want to to eat it, starting with the proper straight end, well, (laughs) as long as you think about Jesus and remember that it points to Jesus, that's okay. And it's okay if you want to start on the wrong end and eat the curve first. Just remember Jesus. And if you want to give yours away, well, we have, uh, we've printed up some of these uh, Legend of the Candy Cane pieces, and you can attach it. And uh, if you like, you can give it to someone. And if you just need it to keep some child quiet in church, well, that's okay too, because that's what they're originally invented for. So the kids would be happy, and everyone could focus on the nativity of Jesus the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, Emmanuel, God with us. So that's the candy cane story and how it fits into Advent. But I left out one part. The bend in the cane may have been invented by the choir director in Germany and recognized by the priest in America and stand for the shepherds who came to see the baby Jesus but it also reminds us of Jesus, the good shepherd. Listen to his words from John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and they shall be one flock, And one shepherd you know he's talking about you and me those other sheep that were not of that sheep pen there with him two thousand years ago but he's made a place for us too he wants to add us to his flock so that we can be together as one flock with one shepherd forever and he laid down his life for you not just those people two thousand years ago he laid down his life for you that's why he came he came to be your shepherd and to lay down his life so that you might live so this christmas let's look forward to celebrating his birth again celebrating jesus the savior emmanuel Jesus we we go through advent with mixed feelings Sometimes we are excited when we hear the first christmas carol when we taste the first christmas cookie when we get that first candy cane But Lord how easily we are distracted We grow bored Sometimes we even resent the imposition that Christmas and Advent is on our lives, and we just want to go back to the same old music, the same old foods, the same old activities, the same old thinking about ourselves more than about you. So, Lord, we pray that that won't happen this Advent. Help us to find ways to to keep you at the center to keep our hearts and minds focused on you because you truly are the greatest news of all. Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of this Advent season and for the blessings of Christmas. Amen.